This podcast is brought to you by GovInfoSecurity.com, the leading online publication for risk management and security professionals within federal, state, and local government agencies. Hello, I'm Executive Editor Eric Chabro, and here's a roundup of our top stories for the week ending Friday, September 3rd, 2010. The U.S. Cyber Challenge held this summer three encampments and competitions for college-age students involving about 60 participants. Next year's hope is to hold some three dozen challenges, with as many as six to 700 young adults participating. U.S. Cyber Challenge Director Karen Evans says her organization is developing metrics to see if the competitions and other activities the group sponsors will fulfill its primary goal of attracting young people to the field of information security. One of the big things that we would like to do is really create a community where the people who participate in these competitions stay involved so that we can then track them, so to speak, and the career choices that they make. For example, do they go into these types of cybersecurity professional jobs, which will be easy for us to be able to track because one of the things that we want to build out of this is what we're calling a talent bank, where they can then deposit their interests and where they've competed and match it up with needs on the other side with critical infrastructure, federal government positions, and private industry positions. We need to develop those so that we can really see that we're closing that workforce gap and that people are getting it. And then the longer thing is is that you would see an improvement in the risk profile of the nation. That's a really hard metric to measure and collect that information. And I think we would see that through other mechanisms like what the Department of Homeland Security is doing in those types of activities. To watch a video of my interview with Evans and to see a mini documentary on the Cyber Challenge, go to govinfosecurity.com and keyword video. The numbers are staggering. The intrusion detection system Einstein 2 blocked 195,000 email and spam messages, 5,000 web defacements, and 17,000 intrusion prevention systems attempts. That just for one day and just for one state, Michigan. Michigan earlier this year became the first state to implement Einstein 2, created by the Federal Department of Homeland Security. Michigan CIO Ken Tice says in our featured interview, what's as important as blocking intrusions is the ability of the state to use Einstein to analyze the threat to its IT networks. The bottom line is we look at these numbers on a monthly basis. Obviously, to try to analyze the numbers and figure out what these numbers mean to us. We're looking for classification of threats that maybe we haven't seen before, and we're trying to get in front of it. Obviously, the numbers, when you take a look at it, these numbers are, are typically all after the fact. But the, the big issue around security is predictive analysis, right? Predicting, based on these numbers, what type of uh, threats we're seeing and how do we get in front of it. The big issue for us, is in looking at the trends of these numbers. I think what Einstein has taught us is that even if you think you're good, there's always opportunities to get a lot better. And I think Einstein has just taken us up a couple notches because it's really providing us vision into a whole nother level of threats that current processes and our current systems aren't currently capable. So what we try to do is not only understand that, but we're trying to understand how can we continue to enhance the technology tools and the solutions and some of our predictive analytics tool sets to be able to close that gap, to get us to where we're operating at a higher level on a daily basis. Because as you know, the threats don't go away. The bad guys just get smarter, and we have to continue to up our game like they are upping their game. We'll have more after this. Are you responsible for your agency's regulatory compliance program? Do cybercrime, data breaches, or endpoint security keep you up at night? 
Do you have any certifications which require continuing professional education credit hours? The solution to your problems may be the GovInfoSecurity.com Educational Webinar Library. You'll find plenty of courses that align with your core responsibilities. Visit GovInfoSecurity.com for more information on how to access these webinars. Finally, from our blogs. I write about the blogosphere and Twitter being alive with misinformation, or should I say more kindly, premature supposition, about how the Senate will tackle cybersecurity legislation. A week ago, I interviewed Senator Tom Carper. He said he and other senators might sponsor a rider to be attached to the National Defense Authorization Act to get cybersecurity legislation passed when Congress returns from its summer recess later this month. One blogger concluded Carper's comment meant, quote, Congress may sneak through the internet kill switch in the defense bill. Another blogger offered a more sinister interpretation. Quote, Congress is to clandestinely impose an internet dictatorship. As one congressional staffer said, these people act as if government is going to take over Facebook. Nothing insidious is occurring in Congress. True, Congress's arcane ways to enact legislation often lacks transparency, but both houses have held numerous public hearings on IT security, and lawmakers haven't been shy in expressing their views on the matter. In fact, the legislation has evolved because of concerns raised about aspects of the bill, including how much power Congress should grant the president in dealing with a cyber emergency. Sure, Congress should be more open on how it tackles cybersecurity legislation, just as it should with all else it does. But within the bounds of how Congress conducts its business, nothing sinister is going on. It's just the ugly approach of representative democracy in action. That's it for this week. For GovInfoSecurity.com, I'm Eric Chabro. Enjoy the holiday weekend and have a good week ahead. This podcast has been brought to you by GovInfoSecurity.com. For more interviews, breaking news, research, and educational webinars, please visit www.govinfosecurity.com.